0: Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And we just keep rolling. Whatever. I know
1: you love Tevin no, Campbell, no, no, but
0: whatever the reason was, as promised, joined now by veteran broadcast Mark Gray. Ravens are nice. Question marks at the receiver position, but Flacco's healthy. I like where the Ravens are in the AFC
1: North. Yeah, I know you love you some Tevin Campbell. Oh I, yeah, I enjoy I know you love Tevin Campbell. When you see your friend's wife and she's looking attractive. She looks good. If you want to say Something first of all, don't or just enjoy the picture and the privacy of your own phone. <laughs> like, you love Tevin Campbell. N-
0: no, it's not him, it's but you know, oh, you know, the
1: name of the album and everything. You that was but, Sam Smith came out the singer and said he didn't like Michael Jackson. Everybody drug him for a little while, deservedly. So. Yeah, I, I agree. He can't come out and say that. He Congratulations, Tevin really, really Campbell.
0: Uh, he's a talented guy. He's just,
1: I'm I, okay. I mean, he can sing all right, but I don't know what's going on. I don't know life. what
0: you're trying to say, but be careful here.
2: <laughs> I'm
3: not trying to say anything. You're to Last know. time we heard from him, Are you all right? Michael Brown. He is why we kneel.
2: We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say you got to walk home. Walk home. Walk home.
0: Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Waysword. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with
4: Devin Wade group or liking the page.
0: Welcome to episode 68 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And we have a great episode planned for you this time out. Want to thank you guys for finding us, however you found us. And if you found us on our flagship, ktsuradio.com, I certainly uh, recommend that you also find us on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast. So, in addition to KTSUradio.com, you can catch us anywhere else as well. Well, coming up this episode, Biscuit is in the building. We have a wonderful interview, a portion of an interview with new Texas Southern Athletic Director Kevin Granger. In addition to that, we have several of our world-famous features, including, but not limited to, what's new. In addition to that, we'll get into some headlines. This time out, we have a We the People segment. We have Why We Kneel, and coming up in the second half, we will have some sports entertainment. In addition to that, we will hear from Kevin Granger. We'll do a little bit of birthdays, a Lamont Award, and before... Before I Let Go. And again, want to thank you. If you've never heard us before, we have a not, lot of new listeners. Want to bring in Biscuit. How are you, Biscuit?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Good, good. I know we have a lot of new listeners who had a chance to check out our SWAG special episode with brand new SWAG Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan. And so they said, well, hey, well, let's try this thing out. Just to give you a little bit of background, uh, we this is a, a personality show more than anything else. We have a whole crew, including Kalina, who you'll hear from. We have you, Biscuit. The Silver Fox Kevin Allen is a frequent participant, and Eddie Robinson is a participant as well, and we always have some interesting guests for you. So always a lot of fun, and we certainly encourage you to go back and listen to archived episodes. Again, this is episode 68. You can go back and listen to any of them on SoundCloud and uh, kind of get a sense of who we are and what we do. Of course, the flagship for me is KTSU 90.9 Houston, where I host KTSU Sports Talk with the legend Ralph Cooper, and the Silver Fox Kevin Allen as well. So with that, what's new?
1: Uh, I don't have a lot going on <laughs> right now this week. Um, I
0: see you rocking you up. You were very subtle this morning when you walked in with your Cayman Islands gear.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I yes, I do have my. You're Cayman. very coordinated. I was trying. Well, it's, it's maroon and gray, and Texas Southern is maroon and gray. Oh, I do have something new. I've been watching. Uh, I think it's called Mar- Marching Orders on Netflix. It's about Bethune Cookman's band. Uh, this is another historic black uh, college university, uh, HBCU talks about their band and all the episodes are only like ten minutes long, which is a little disappointing because you you get into the story, you want to see what's going on. So I'm I'm almost through with the first season and, and Where and, 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 did you find that? It's on Netflix. Okay. It's called Marching Orders, it's about Bethune Cookman's band. Uh, I wish it would have been Texas Southern band, you know, Ocean of Soul, but but Cookman is supposed to be pretty good. They, they, it's interesting. It's, it's it's really a good picture of what what it's like to be in the band, a collegiate band. You know, my 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 wife likes the. Uh, Dancing dolls. I can't even think of the name of the show. Oh, the yeah,
0: yeah. You talking about with the
2: guys
0: that are dancers?
1: No, not the guys. These are little girls. It's it's a oh, dance team. Oh, that's the one out uh, of Mississippi, right? Yeah, the one out of Jackson, Mississippi, Jack Mississippi yeah. with the chick who used to be in adult movies. But now is she, she really? yes she, she I but, know the
0: lady
1: yeah Miss D so <laughs> so this is the natural progression from no, high school. No, don't
0: say that. Oh, oh no, no, oh. no, no, not adult
1: movies. That's not what I'm saying. It's a gateway to point. no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the girls <laughs> that are in high school on this show it would would progress to go to college. <laughs> And danced at so, for a college. So drill they not team.
0: following Miss D.
1: No, and no, Miss D. Choices. Which her name being an adult star with a name like Miss D is is pretty funny. That's a good <laughs> adult <laughs> star name. Well, like I, I
0: said again, you know. I've seen. I've come across the show a number of times. I don't know. You know. I it's on. It mean, so many networks and so many shows. I thought you talking about the guys. where the guys were the dancers?
1: No, I don't watch. I don't. I ain't into guys dancing. Oh, well, I, me I mean personally,
0: not me neither. neither, neither. neither, I mean neither am I, but it was a. I
1: thought a, after the Tevin Campbell thing.
0: And I do want to clarify <laughs> that too, by the way. So he got a lot into this thing. About the Tevin Campbell. I didn't know you uh, brought me, up
1: Tevin Campbell. Now, well,
0: I brought him up because he was because you're a fan of his, right? He was relevant to the discussion. So <laughs> here's the backstory on that. So please I, enlighten. So, so now this is where you are gonna make me open up my heart in okay. ways that I didn't want to open up my.
1: heart. I, I, I hope you're not revealing any secrets.
0: Well, I mean, I'm just not secrets, but insights. Uh, okay. Th- one particular, really one particular song, one particular CD, and it was a CD back uh-huh. then. I yeah, I, I had broken up with my longtime girlfriend of three years. Okay. In three and a half years, or something like that, and uh, that you know, I there was a song on there that you know, always in my heart because okay, now see, so in the story, in the song, he talks about her friends telling her things you know that he doesn't care, whatever, and he basically says, You don't listen to your friends. Well, that particular line resonated for me at that particular time, mm-hmm. and so while I always had the blues, and my moment uh, uh, of so- sadness, uh, I was listening, I listen to that song, which that was, I mean, every now So, night so wait, would,
1: when you got in, you were all blue and you decided to listen to Tevin Campbell? No,
0: that was the, <laughs> no, that was the and, and actually, to be honest with you, how re- I, mean, I mean, I'm mean, i
1: just saying, I just want to go with the progression here. You were sad, so you put on <laughs> Tevin Campbell. <laughs> it didn't
0: happen that way.
1: This is a lot of insight no, no. into, into see, who you see, are. It did
0: not happen that way. That Actually, the songs were like hit radio. Songs. No, that
1: second CD was not a hit. No,
0: this was the first CD. This wasn't uh, the second. Okay. CD. It was, uh, and 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 it started before that because at the time I had a entertainment column that was syndicated to some black newspapers around the country. So mm-hmm. I was an entertainment writer, and I had a chance to. So you're interview. an entertainment
1: writer who listens to Tevin Campbell well, when I, he's I, sad. I
0: interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> So, I so this
1: story is getting better.
0: Well, I, I'm just saying. So it's not like this thing where I had. It was just at that time,
1: you, mm-hmm. In old school. You had nah, the
0: blues and, yeah,
1: I'm. I still listening to the blues what, when what's I'm saying. What,
0: what's your, What's the favorite breakup song?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I got a good one. man. Go ahead. I can't think. I can't think of one.
0: One way has a song called "Toast to the Other Man." man. Now that's that's a hell of a song. You going if you gonna, gonna have your heart broke, he did it with class in mm-hmm. that song. So I recommend Toast to the Other Man. It's a cold, cold-blooded song where the man admits, of course, that he's heartbroken, but he does it in such a G way that you just have to, like, man, he he's that dude. But I had just gotten through, I think at that time I, I did SWV's second album, I interviewed uh, Diggable Planet. Uh, don't
1: try to. Don't. no <laughs> no try, no, don't no, try no, to no, get no, a background. I don't uh, you an entertainment writer who Red got sad and, and <laughs> listening to Evan Campbell. No, the song was a popular song. That's right. So I
0: just wanted to clarify that because I think he overstated <laughs> it. He just was young and impressionable. He didn't understand. Who, what
1: Tevin Campbell? You. Oh, I thought you were talking you, about how you got you turned got, out or something. I don't head. know what you were talking about.
0: You were, you were a preteen or something. I not all that was going well, on. Well, I
1: mean, I wasn't listening to so, Tevin Campbell. He was, some, was never my so favorite, wait a minute, however when old you, I was. Minute, when you went through he your was friends, never I, my favorite.
0: No, okay. And I ain't saying he's my favorite. Everybody know I'm Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. It's Jean-Luc That's, for that.
1: That's Michael Jackson. Okay.
0: Oh, oh, oh don't you.
1: No, nah, Michael Jackson that. is, yeah, is yeah, all right.
0: Yeah. So when you had your little heartbreak thing, what, what did I you— I was listening
1: to Robin Thicke, Lost Without You, uh, <laughs> See? and Anthony Hamilton. Now, sir, I'm
0: not going to tie you to, uh, to Robin Thicke for the next 50 years
5: because— But you... I would be okay with that. I mean, uh, compared to Tevin Campbell and Robin Thicke, I would take Robin Thicke. No,
0: man, come on. Tevin Campbell, way better artist than— Oh, no, really? Yes. Okay, I'm putting okay. that on the Friday Express page. We well, also
1: Anthony Hamilton's first, season, uh, not his second one, actually with uh, Charlene on that. That was that was good. That was Just one of my favorite. One twelve, your letter. That was that's a that's a good breakup song.
0: So anyway, so, so I got I, some
1: more masculine things but on it, my had side. Had I then. been
0: a preteen and I listened, go walk around, the house and hear you listening to that. <laughs> me song. and Tevin
1: Campbell was the same age, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your point is. <laughs> no, no, he was he no. <laughs> nah, me and Tevin Campbell was the, but close to the same age, bro. No, he anyway, might be one or two so years older than me.
0: That's how all of that got started, anyway. So, also, uh, shout out to my uncle. Un- uncle August is in the building. Just got through doing some poetry and some and, and some singing, and uh, and he's the, the baby brother. He's the you of our father generation, right? Of the baby brother. Fifteen brothers, kids, and he's the, the the youngest of nine boys. Right, and he he's hanging tough. He's kicking it with us in studio today. So I definitely want to do that. Um, with that, let's shift gears. Let's oh, well, get... you never
1: talked about what's new for you.
0: Well, I wanted to clarify. Okay. That, also, I have been okay. So before football season starts, I go through and I clear out my DVR so okay. I can make room for new football games to watch.
1: I would be interested on what's your what's on your DVR.
0: Well, I was just clearing out.
1: <laughs> what is the most? Embar- let's be honest. Let's be transparent. What's the most embarrassing thing that's on your DVR? The
0: most embarrassing thing that's on my and
1: be DVR. real. Yes. What episodes of Insecure? Oh. Like what?
0: No, I have watched Insecure. Insecure is actually a good show. It's not for me. It's, I'm not the demographic. Right. If I was a young adult, it was it would be a, an appropriate show for me for any like dating kind of young adult. So I'm not in that demographic, but the, it's well written.
1: Okay. But what's your okay. what's what's your? All
0: right. So my ah man, whoa, it's some deep stuff. in there. <laughs> I got some stuff. That okay, I probably come with. on. Got a lot of World War II stuff.
1: Oh, well, that's not embarrassing. I got that's just boring.
0: Frank Sinatra, a lot of Frank Sinatra live.
1: That's
2: I weird. I have.
0: Oh, I do have an episode. <laughs> this is probably the most embarrassing thing that I still have on my DVR. I have an episode of what's the show? The Deborah Duncan show. Uh, uh. Great Day Houston. So this is a show, a local show here. Great Day Houston. Mm-hmm. So, so this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I have kept the episode of Great Day Houston with an interview with Tito Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's... So that that's the that's okay. About that's where that's, we are. that's
1: pretty mild. I'm sure I can find some more stuff uh, on there. Yeah, if, I, if I got I a lot of
0: cooking shows. I got the Neelys who I still miss to this oh, day. Mealy. I wish I hated that. I show. wish she could have went on uh, Ayala Van and fixed my life. I'm so, they so
1: glad that show was over.
0: Man, that was a great show. I, how I, big that oh, is! Oh, no
1: nah, that was that was actually, so fake.
0: I do have a episode of Paula Dean before they canceled it. Oh that's, man, that's how far back I, I go. Oh, wow. So yeah, I got I have a few things in it. A lot of cooking shows, a lot of uh documentaries.
1: Cooking shows, hmm yeah. Kevin Campbell, entertainment writer, <laughs> cooking shows. Hey
0: man, I can cook. So you you used to cook.
1: I used to. And
0: then you got married.
1: And now I don't have to. And
0: yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you gotta set up like that.
1: I mean, some of us are blessed, brother.
0: Well, I mean it's cultural choices and they <laughs> mixed in that thing. Okay. <laughs> so uh. <laughs> I'll be sure
1: my wife listens to this episode. Well,
0: (laughs) I'm just saying, hey.
1: Hey, I'm blessed. (laughs) I'm blessed. I don't know what you want me to say.
0: Yeah, well, that that part didn't work out so well for me with the cooking thing. But – uh, th- n- that's neither here nor
1: there. But support Marching Orders on Netflix. It's a historic Black university. It's it's a good show. It's interesting. You know, it's it's a reality show, and it's you know it's but it's good. It's ten minutes long. It don't cost you that much. So,
0: but you're a grunt on man watching something about a, a marching band. So come on, let's not go too hard on Tevin Kim. Bro. Hey, it's, okay. it's it's
1: a college, all right, and it's it's good. I'm so, it's it's a purpose behind it. I'm well, supporting.
0: That being said, both of us have traveled around the swag. Yep. What's your Favorite band name? The favorite band? I have two. I mean, obviously, the Ocean of Soul. Yeah, that that's good. There's is, is uh,
1: one called like the Music Box or the Jukebox or something like musical that. Jukebox. The musical Jukebox. That's southern. I think. It's the that's, Musical Jukebox. Yeah, I, I like that. But one. my
0: favorite is Jackson State's the Sonic Boom of the South. And, and Jackson had great bands. You know, all the bands in the swag are pretty good. Pine Bluff is surprisingly really a good band. I don't know if it's they still are, but now I don't pay as much attention as I used to. But they have all that stuff on YouTube. So for all my swag listeners out there, yeah, uh, you know I've been what this will be my 26th year doing TSU football. Been to every city in the swag at least five times. Well, maybe not five. I don't think I've been to Huntsville five times. But yeah, I, I have to tell the story one day of the Alabama A&M experience after 9/11 if I haven't already. Uh, but with that, let's go get into some. Headlines! Getting in the headlines this time out, uh, a couple things. Uh, no major, major injuries. Frederick from the Cowboys, offensive lineman, has a autoimmune disease, which will take him off the field. I don't know if it's for the season or if it's for, for good. I, I, they talk like that will work itself out with treatment. Also, Julius Thomas, the tight end, retired, so he could uh, get a degree in psychology. Which again, you can wait. A
1: doctorate. He's trying to get a doctorate in psychology. Which that, is he trolling? Every, like I don't know anything about him. Like as far as his intellect or way, you know. I know oh, he went to Portland State, but I don't know if that's like oh, a Portland really State, good
2: school.
1: Really? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the <laughs> I,
0: the I mean, Ivy League of Portland? I don't know. I don't
1: either. I don't know. <laughs> either, so I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't know. I mean, I, he was a, a good tight end. Yeah, uh,
1: he went to the Pro Bowl a couple times. Well, I mean, he's kind of he was trying to catch on at the end. At the end, he was at the end of his career. I mean, he wasn't. Julius Thomas, that he was with Peyton Manning and catching all those touchdowns, but he was trying to catch on. He decided he was like, "Oh well, I'll just go and, and use my mind." Yeah, so I mean, I hope that he he uh, is successful in, uh, in his endeavors.
0: Cam Newton got a little banged up last night. It took a vicious—he tried to dive to avoid a hit and took a vicious spill. I guess he got a black eye, hurt his eye, eye, hit his head. Didn't was not in concussion protocol. But uh, have you noticed anything about preseason football? This is week three, so. These are the most important of the preseason games. I know that Philadelphia offensively looked horrible the other night. Yeah. Or or, or you can change that around to say, well, I, I think they look horrible. But also, Cleveland's defense and Miles Garrett looked like he was ready to go.
1: Yeah, uh, Cleveland as a team, just their overall attitude, they seem more invested in this season. They seem like they have actually have something going on. They don't look like a beaten down team I know it's preseason so it's hard to tell but I mean as far as X's and O's and as far as the the play on the actual play on the field uh but they, their attitude the the aura around them is it seems pretty good this year it seems yeah, like they a have win attitude
0: you have the the swag of Jarvis Landry that, who was now what the highest paid receiver right. and also you have Baker Mayfield number one choice
1: which he was up and down he came in as, in the first half for for Tyrod Taylor who got a little banged up but it was able to come back in the game uh, and he looked, you know, in control of things. He he looked okay. I mean, of course, but he threw some interceptions yeah, later. Tyra but it's Tyrod
0: Taylor's team. Right. And I think that's the safe place. That's the, the safe way to go uh, with that. I agree. And let Baker sit for a year. Tyrod, who, if you watch Hard Knocks over the first three episodes, I mean, he's, he's a first-class guy. The way he moves, the way he operates, I wish he was a little bit more proficient and took more chances. He was a check-down kind of guy, safety kind of guy. Well, don't turn over the football and that led to what, one of the worst games in NFL playoff history yeah. uh, when they played Jacksonville last, uh, last playoffs. So uh, other than that, just keeping an eye on the playoffs. Baseball winding down with about, what, 35 games left. Astros trying to right the ship. They're getting a little bit healthy with Altuve coming back. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, now you sort of gear up. I don't think there's a credible threat from the Oakland A's or the Seattle Mariners. Moving forward, I think last year, the Astros had a tremendous September. And it's about who gets hot going down the stretch heading into postseason play. So we'll keep an eye on all of those things. Finally, in headlines, the whole Urban Meyer debacle in uh, at Ohio State in Columbus. So, uh, I mean, just to recap, uh, he had a member of his staff that, was, that uh, had domestic abuse allegations yeah. facing prosecution, going to trial, not been convicted of anything yet. No. And reports came out that Urban Meyer knew about it, didn't do anything about it. And they've done an extensive investigation. Urban Meyer lied to the media openly. And the investigation, which most people thought that he knew about it and didn't fire him from the staff or act on it until media reports started to come out that this actually had occurred. And they got together. For a long time, most people presumed that he was going to be fired for not firing the staff member. Right. Because, again, you're a coach. You have young men. You're formidable young men.
1: How, how do you feel about it? I mean, they, they ended up – they're going to suspend him for the first three games of the season because of some of his actions, because he did lie to the media. Um, and he,
0: Yeah, he wasn't always forthcoming. He conveniently forgot a bunch of stuff, which, again, this is what I really believe. I believe he knew about it the whole time. But what you don't know is was he trying to A, we never know what happens in these domestic situations. Right. We never know the the guy contends that something never happened, but the police were called nine or ten times to the home. Not a a very volatile household. And, and it's safe and, and, to say a lot a lot of stuff must have gone on.
1: And then her mother came out, Courtney Smith's mother came out and said that she's trying to just ruin Zach's men.
0: It's a lot. It's a When you get into those situations, it's a very convoluted, ugly kind of situation. In my heart of hearts, I don't necessarily believe that Urban Meyer wanted to cover up domestic abuse. I don't think that he wanted to cover for the guy. I think maybe he. And again, once you find out, you have to make some steps. You, you can't on a college campus talking about student athletes. You can't really have a guy teaching these guys and, and being a, almost like a father figure when he's doing these sorts of things.
1: But there's, he, he's just been accused of these things. It's not well, anything that's been proven in court. It's nothing he's been right. convicted of. It's been an allegation. And so where's the line? Where's the line? Okay, if you just get accused, then you, you, well, you lose I, your job.
0: I tell you what, there's certain things that if you get accused of you have to be removed from that position until things are are sorted out. There are very few things that if you're accused of those things, there's some things you can be accused of and never really recover. Like domestic abuse is one of those things that if you are ever accused of it, people will always look at you, even if it's proven that you didn't do it, with, with a certain kind of, you know, right, that, look.
1: that w- and sexual assault. If you accuse right. of sexual assault, or people will always look at abuse. you
0: like you're halfway guilty, even if you're 100% innocent. Here's my problem the hysteria with around the urban mind situation is there's such a visceral response, or such anger in the air about the situation. And I understand this is a tremendously touchy situation, any right. kind of domestic abuse. Any kind of crime against women like that is going to be a touchy-touchy thing. But the anger and the the lynch mob mentality of the whole situation is such that you would think that Urban Meyer was the person who had jumped on Courtney Smith. Uh, But until any of that stuff was worked out, you had to remove him from the campus. You had to remove him until any of that stuff is sorted out. Uh, But I saw where Michelle Beatles was like, oh, football doesn't care about women. I think so much is he um. It's a microcosm of the world around it, but people put so much anger and intensity. We see it with the 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 national anthem thing. You putting so much importance on that sort of thing when there's so many other major structural entities in our society that are just as flawed. Like the NFL is not the only it's not the only business that have racist owners who don't well, care about and, black
1: and, people. And I, and I don't think necessarily that, that, that the NFL or college or NCAA doesn't care about women specifically. My thing is, about it is just, like you said, just everybody's jumping on Urban Meyer. Like, he's the one who actually attacked, you know, a Zach Smith's wife. He reported it to his superiors. Now, you can take that however you want. He, he, he let the university know what was going on. Uh, when he went to the – before he went out to the media, and this is the one thing I kind of have a problem with – with with Urban Meyer before he went to the meeting his one of his athletic directors said hey if they ask you about Zach Smith's alleged incident in 2015 acknowledge it say so we know what's going on and so that happened before he actually went to media day and he decided to lie, yeah, and lying
0: to the media doesn't bother me. you got coaches that do that every long as long as yeah, but does, i mean does, he,
1: his his boss essentially or one of his bosses, essentially told him, "Hey, look, acknowledge man, that we acknowledge that we, know, that we they, know what's going on, so we don't have these these problems and he lied and he lied anyway, he lied anyway. And, and,
0: but again, I think lying to the media is not a big deal at all i I think that the media gets offended and they take it personal some some people in the media take it personal when they know they're being lied to. I think there are a lot of really unseemly characters in college sports anyway. And that's, across well, that's the problem. But that's not place. an excuse though. No, it's not an excuse. No, what I'm saying I think he's I think he's a kind of slimy kind of guy anyway. Don't think Urban he's a, Meyer? Yeah. I mean and so I think this kind of is consistent with what I already think of him, but think, Why do you
1: think he's a slim I'm not disagreeing? I mean, I'm just saying you.
0: he just seemed like, you know, this whole thing where he won he was just so exhausted and he left Florida in shambles. With all of these – with probation and all these violations, and you say you want to go spend time with your family, and less than a year later, you – or around a year later, you're taking a job at Ohio State.
1: I, I mean, I get that too. And then, then and then it, it, sure. and he won the coach who uh, recruited Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Aaron Hernandez and, and played in
0: Gave him a thumbs up on the way to the NFL, right? And they covered up a lot of stuff that he he did. So he he has a record of being kind of a
1: shady know, kind of yeah, guy.
0: Yeah, shady kind of guy. I wouldn't buy a used car from Urban Meyer. <laughs> nah, I might.
1: You my let kid, him, let, you, but you might let him coach your team and coach your football team to
2: the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, but not, I just think that when people get so offended by football, doesn't care, but. What tell me what industry cares about anybody? It's about money. we say it all the time. NFL. You can say the NFL don't care about minorities. You can say the NFL. You can say any of those things about a lot of. Doesn't care
1: about people. their own players.
0: Look at these corporations that that take their jobs overseas and and hurt the economy, and they hide behind uh, all of these tax breaks, and they they create these shell companies to hide money. All of those things. They don't care about people. They care about the bottom line. That's what it boils down to. What? So she says, and I want to ask you about her.
1: That's what I was wanting to $5 talk about.
0: mean dollars. So she's not gonna watch football anymore.
1: Michelle Beatles, uh who hosts uh, what Get is it? Up Get is, up it's a morning show on ESPN. Another show too, right? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, NBA, I don't
0: she'll be doing the NBA
1: show as well. ESPN is talking is really in the football. They're diving in football. They're they're all football all the time. I don't know what her motivation is behind this. I don't know if she's looking for another job or nah, looking to I go mean, somewhere else. Her five, ratings, eight, her ratings are down on the on the, on that show. It's not a, a well. That's true. Sh-
0: I mean, all of them shows get on my nerves. like Get Up, Good Morning, Football. All of those none of those shows very good. Uh, they don't have, seem to have the right mix in it. And she's not an entertaining person to watch for me. She seems a little bit more. She's always on some sort of soapbox, right? And but she just signed she's five million dollars a year, so she's she's getting paid to
1: do. It. I don't I don't know how. That's gonna sit well when when your your brand is now, talking about football.
0: Because she said it loud loud the way she did, she's gonna have a job. That's job security. She covered herself by going public with that. Cause now if she think about the backlash if she is fired think about the backlash from women's groups and all those things and other female journalists. And all- I,
1: I, I can't see how you're going to be, how you're going to credibly talk about a sport that you're not watching.
0: Well, that'll make people watch, at least initially, to see how she does respond to those. So, things. You,
1: so you think she she did this so she could save her job and increase her rating? No,
0: I think that she did this because she's a little bit self-righteous and, and whatever and she's on, you know, she's fired up about her causes. And, and I'm not knocking that. You, you can be an mm-hmm. advocate and fight the good fight and protest and do whatever you want to do but i think by going public now she's provided cover for herself as well you know now she's untouchable because in the eyes of many she's an advocate for women's rights for domestic violence and her taking a stand a lot of people i'm i mean I'm, i think
1: they're gonna move it to basketball but she's already been moved to basketball. right that's what i'm saying and then they're gonna gradually get off that get up show uh-huh. and uh-huh. Think and so. then we'll, we'll, we'll gradually not hear from her again. I, ESPN I knows I how to do these things, Well, man, I'm they did you. it with Jamel Hill. Exactly.
0: But Jamel Hill, yeah, that was, that was a little bit different. But, yeah, so that was an issue. So with that, let's go to a segment that we call We the People. The people. Now, in this segment, I asked a uh, three poll questions to folks on my Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. On Facebook, and I get uh, poll responses and poll questions, and then you and I can debate and see if you agree with the people, the other majority of the people. My first question was: Do you think there are too many little league slash high school games uh, nationally televised? Do you so, think too many too amateur many... sports, uh, and beyond. I mean, I am talking about, amateur sports can be like Olympic sports, but I am talking about even like little league, high school, teenage. sports and pre-team sports Mm -hmm. being covered uh, on national television?
1: I don't think it's a big issue. I don't think it's – I mean, I think ESPN needs content. I think a lot of these companies, these 24-hour sports stations need content, and this content is cheap. Uh, and they can sell it and they can say, oh, we're giving back and and all this. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. I know you had a problem because you said one of the uh, Little League baseball okay, players so, yeah, choked. Let me,
0: yeah, I, yeah, let me articulate my position on this. I do think there are too many. Because, okay, it used to be back in the day, Little League World Series, which the finals are today. used to be that would be the only game you would see. It would be like South Korea versus one American team mm-hmm. somewhere, Pennsylvania somewhere. Okay, that, and that was the one game you saw a year now they show a whole month of these things now in itself it, it if i'm not gonna watch it doesn't bother me right it's just something that's on because they could put on fishing and i wouldn't watch it or they could put on any number of things and I wouldn't watch it. So it doesn't affect me that way. I don't think it's good for the kids. Why and is I'll that? tell you why it's not good for the kids. Because I watched the kid from the south post of Little League from Houston, Texas. I was rooting for the team. Mm-hmm. I saw those kids choke. Now,
1: now, now. <laughs> it's is so day. wrong. They, they choke. They, they, they 11, 12 they years choke. old. They get to go to Pennsylvania, okay. be on TV, and yeah. they've worked this hard to get Man. to this point. And you're going to get on the little kid for dropping the ball. They
0: choke. And they, had, they were down in their last out twice. They had two outs on the team. Team came back and beat them. And, okay,
1: so. So it, what about the team that won? They they triumphed. They came back. They they get to go home okay, and celebrate. But, and this teaches the let's kids talk about to, to the fall down children. and get back up.
0: Let's talk about the broken children. That <laughs> They're children. 11 and 12. Yeah, and when they go back to school, the, the butter like, jokes.
1: They're going to be like, hey, man, I was on TV. I was on ESPN. Yeah, you <laughs> were
0: on TV.
2: Choke <laughs>
1: you. choked on TV. Now, see, this is this, this is why I have a problem. Because you give the opportunity for people like Devin to get on and criticize these that's young what kids. I, look, if they And you gun- a part of the problem.
0: I agree. I am a part of the problem. And, and that's why I shouldn't be watching this on television. If I read about it, if it's the sixth then I, I, I'm a heartbroken for the kids. I really am. <laughs>
1: it don't seem like no, you. No, I'm heartbroken. Like
0: he choked. But, I'm, but he did. They choked. Like, how do you do this? You were up six to two or something like that. Or five to two, and then they come back and tie it in the bottom of the seventh or whatever. Then you go to extra innings, you get up another run, and then you get that up. So, I say that to say this. Poor child, poor children. <laughs> no, you don't believe it that. Create, it creates a lot of pressure on the kids. Because you say, well, you said, my son, he, you know, if he loses a game, they don't care. But no, son, I mean, you
1: care, but you also look at the bigger picture of it and say, okay, I, I got exposed to TV. I got to go see meet the Astros. And
0: that's No one's going to remember that. The
1: They're gonna wheel? remember how
0: they choked. <laughs> yes, he's gonna remember. I was on. He, he, this is the line that he's gonna tell his therapist years from now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> now you got this. I dropped the ball in therapy.
0: for the whole world to see. All my church members they had gotten together <laughs> for a watch party. My whole town. Watch me choke this game away. <laughs> I struck out in front
1: of the world. And now, now had
0: they just lost, i would be like, man.
1: America loves okay. a comeback story, they man. They can't come back. That's the last no, year I'm the saying building. he's 11, 12 years old. He can go on okay. to the pros, hit a home run, all that. And Mike Tyson lost a awesome fight when he was an amateur. He could
0: become an alcoholic by 16 because he <laughs> oh, never had gotten it over. I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is, it shouldn't be an issue because I do think, I, and then I think for the high school football stuff. I, I just I think the egos and stuff that you develop in these kids are not. I, in some ways, there are some good benefits to it, but I, I think what's large, the
1: good? What's the good benefits to it?
0: The good benefits are you you learn how to operate in public, okay. and then you learn to deal with the media. Mm-hmm. Maybe learn work on your speaking. Maybe work you know having a chance to be interviewed. Those things are good. Uh, and, and then if you are the kids from here, they get to go to the Astros game, and they do have memories. But those <laughs> memories will be outweighed by the fact that you sucked on
1: the <laughs> game. It was double elimination. You lost the
0: you first two games.
1: They, you can't say they sucked. They made it to the World I Series. I don't
0: have any kids. I don't. I can say that. I don't. Un, I don't have the empathy gene in me for a kid that gets out there and gets a five to two lead. And you
6: joke? Oh, you're horrible! No,
0: you're horrible. I mean, see, I'm. I'm half joke, but <laughs> but half serious. But it represents, you know, it, it represents. Look, you know, again, had you lost the game, I wouldn't. Like, oh man, it's tough. Because you root for the kids, you want the kids. Other kids from this area have done well, right? But I think it, it creates a lot of pressure. That they watch parties and everybody's watching. Yeah, they
1: want to support. That's that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's when you're successful. There's gonna be pressure.
0: I just hope that there's a therapist available <laughs> when they come back because it maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I am wrong. I think you're I wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. I, but I think there's somebody's gonna be on crack before. Oh, <laughs> that's
2: messed
0: <up. laughs> just, This boy got him on crack. We're. Not all of them. <laughs> maybe just one.
2: Oh, man.
0: Because he just can't get over the disappointment. <laughs>
1: that's, uh, that's wrong. Maybe the coach. Poe baby. You don't need co- to get on crack, son. No, you just need I to hope he doesn't. come back I and hope, prove everybody wrong. But I will be Hit willing. a home run in the World Series. I will in be the,
0: willing to bet it's one. <laughs> one will not be able to handle it.
1: And the kids aren't doing crack now. They're doing, you know, meth, meth and oh, uh, yeah. other. Uh, I can't think of the name.
0: Yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's look for
1: it. That's wrong. Again, I
0: hope not. I hope I'm wrong. Oh man! And then look, he'll he'll have a yips. Won't be able to <laughs> ground uh, to field the ground ball. Oh, can't man. make the high school team because oh. he's reliving what happened on national television. You didn't and, and kill <laughs> this boy. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And every Steve Sachs was another one, right? Uh, Wade, no, no, it was uh, Wade uh, Boggs. Not, not, not Boggs, who went to yeah, a, who was yeah, from Houston. Yeah. Couldn't throw the second base. But. Chuck <laughs> Nobloch. No, but it, it, it can happen. It, it can happen with a kid. And then you know when they try for the high school team, they be like, isn't that the kid? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the kid. That's the kid. That, he, you, you, hey, you man, ch- you are wrong. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you,
1: were you, you are so wrong. You are so wrong.
0: So I would say the the majority, 55% said, no, there are not too many games televised. So See, most people, people agree, agree with you. Me. But a, a percentage said, no, there are too many games that are, are broadcast. So the other thing, last episode, you and I had a heated debate about the entire situation with the National Anthem. ESPN the saying anthem.
1: they're not going to play, the, not going to show the National Anthem. During their uh Monday night broadcast. So
0: I posed the question to folks: should the national anthem be shown before on major networks, should the national anthem be shown before every football game? And the majority and one of them unanimously said, no, you, you shouldn't show the national anthem. But on the one specifically about Monday night football, it was a split where people said that some people said that you should, but the majority said you shouldn't, and well, it, it brings back to the point. That, well, I think.
1: I mean, it was on your Twitter feed and all that, so of course people but are no, people side don't, with
0: you. No, people don't agree with me at all. I catch. I mean, I catch some some grief.
1: Yeah, you said Melanie was disagreeing. Melanie,
0: Melanie gave me the blues. She was upset. Good, she, she like, needs because
1: it, it's it's censorship. Like I said last episode, go back and listen to it. You'll see all the reasons why.
0: This is a relatively new thing of them showing the national anthem. It used to only be for the All Star game and for the Super Bowl. Other than that, you didn't see the national anthem every Sunday. And now I'm just saying, like, see what happens moving forward. But I do think I want to thank all the folks who did respond to the poll question. Yes. I want to remind you guys, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at WageWord, which 83% of the people said no on my Twitter feed. So uh, the Facebook page was a little bit more competitive when it came to Monday Night Football. But I think, by and large, people agree that the national anthem shouldn't be shown because again, it's used now as a political tool.
1: Now. I mean it's always been used as a political nah, tool.
0: Not to this extent. It, yeah. now, that was the one thing we can kinda agree on. It was propaganda.
1: It is propaganda but, in general.
0: But but it's a good propaganda until it was politicized. You know, because again, what's
1: the alternative? I mean, not playing it.
0: They are pledging allegiance to the Russian flag, and we don't. None of us want to do that. <laughs> so the guy in, in in that 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue right
1: now. Oh, stop it!
0: Speaking of which, a lot of folks will be boycotting the NFL for the second year in a row, and of course we acknowledge that people have, of course, the right, and and it's important, and we at least understand. I'm not boycotting Biscuit. You're not boycotting Biscay. Not this under- year. I did last
1: year though, because I, I thought he would have an opportunity. I thought so you coming back this year? I'm coming back uh simply because this this whole situation is just crazy and and you know like you said you've kind of feed into the the political side of it and that's that really wasn't the point. My point was that this man didn't get an opportunity to, to pursue his um, profession, he didn't get an opportunity to pursue his profession, his job, what he's good at, what he's worked his whole life for, and I didn't think that was right. He's suing him. He's trying to get his restitution, and so that's the natural progression of things. I, I'm fu- fully support Colin Kaepernick. Fully support his his uh, his trial, his arbitration, and hopefully. He worked out uh, on the collusion case, which yeah, obviously and, there was collusion.
0: Yeah, obviously there is collusion. And it, it, I can't believe the NFL was so stupid and short-sighted to not let him back in the league. But they're trying to make prove a point, and I don't think that that's going to work out well in the long term for them. That being said, we do acknowledge those who have chosen to boycott and, yes. and kneel and support Colin Kaepernick. And Kalina, our very own Kalina, has a segment called Why We Kneel. And without further ado, here it is, Why We Kneel.
6: Feeling the chilling moments hey, that I led would, to a I police look.
4: officer yeah. shooting no. me. Ultimately, wow. it's to bring Please, awareness officer, and make people...
2: Colin you Kaepernick kneeling to protest in social effort. injustice Do and police... Get Yet unsigned by any NFL team. He's fired! Why, why, he's fired!
3: Why, why, why,
4: why We Kneel!
3: Unite the right. A white supremacist and white nationalist rally took place in Charlottesville, Virginia to protest various cultural and religious groups, unify the American white nationalist movement, and oppose the removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee in Charlottesville's Emancipation Park. Individuals and organizations came to counter protest what many saw as a rally of hate. During this counter protest at a pedestrian mall, James Alex Fields Jr. drove his car into a crowd injuring 19 others of diverse backgrounds, and killing Heather Heyer. 32-year-old Heyer was a paralegal and a civil rights advocate, aligning herself as an ally to Black Lives Matter, providing resources to Muslim families, and actively speaking against inequalities. We recognize and honor the counter-protesters of Charlottesville and Heather Heyer. They are why we kneel.
0: That will wrap up the first half of episode 68 of Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Coming up on the other side, we're going to do a little bit of Sports E. In addition to that, you'll hear from new Texas Southern Athletic Director Kevin Granger, and we'll do the Lamont Award. And maybe some birthdays. And before I let go, you're tuned in to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and KTSURadio.com.
3: Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. Cobank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. Kobe Homes through Keller Williams. Service on the highway, and I'm
7: doing it. Can see no talking, but they do not fix it. So I done got it out the it. 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 it.
2: it. That this it made me add an ate up out that mud and it taste like gravy. All I try to do is flip the into a baby. All I wanna do is flip the to feed my baby. See I know he watching any payment. Welcome back to episode sixty-eight
0: of the Sports Talk with Devin Way Podcast. Wanna thank our DJ and our sponsor, Kobank Holmes, and our DJ DJ Malone from Chicago. And uh we always appreciate what he brings to the table. He's doing his thing. Look him up. He's that guy. He's
2: that dude.
1: I, I'm mad that I did not bring this up in in what's new. But I was out to dinner with my wife and, and a couple of friends. And we were talking about some rap song or something. And the waiter comes up and he says, Guys, you won't believe this. And this is like a middle-aged looking white guy. And he said, Look, I'm a rapper. And he's like, I'm all I'm getting a thousand views. A uh, 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 video, uh, whatever, uh, posted, and you know, Google me, and so we googled him, and it was his name was more than enough. And he's a he's a waiter at, at this restaurant, and he, he, you would never believe that this guy was a rapper. So <laughs> oh,
0: did you did he spit some bars for you? I mean, he he didn't I mean, spit
1: no, but he gave us his his uh, YouTube page, and and he he comes right up on. Why Google. did you
0: feel compelled to come up to you?
1: Well, he was our waiter, and we were talking, and we were in conversation at the table, and we were talking about this rap song, and he was like, "Guys, you know, look, I'm, you know, you may not believe me, a lot of people make fun of me, but I'm pursuing my dream, you know." And he told right, us about his best right. song, and it's he's he's a he knockoff eight of zero. Mile, 12 mile, right? Yeah,
0: I guess. Yeah, I mean, wait. you know,
1: what's his name again? I think it's More Than Enough. More Than Enough. <laughs> okay, that's his rap name. So that-
0: is he your Tevin Campbell? No, nah, he's not my Tevin
1: Campbell. <laughs> I mean, no, nah, I don't get down like that.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, let's go to a segment that we call Sports E. This week in Sports E. Sports
2: e. Entertainment. entertainment.
0: entertainment. entertainment.
2: E is for entertainment. Entertainment.
0: The Eve is <laughs> for entertainment. This time out, uh, normally we have Kalina do this. She mm. does such a tremendous job of framing these things. But a few things we wanted to talk about that stood out for us. Uh, Serena Williams and the cat suit is retired. Bet, yeah, the French, Open, the French Open has come out with a new dress code in which she will no longer be allowed to wear her cat suit in the 2019 French Open. And on behalf of guys everywhere, a lot of guys are very disappointed by that. <laughs> uh, but
2: I hey, mean, see,
1: it made it feel like the queen of Wakanda. That's what she said. She said that? She said that. She said she feel like a, a hero, like a like the queen of in a combat the body suit. in the bodysuit. In the bodysuit. That's okay. why she wore.
0: And now that she's a mother.
1: What is that? I mean, what is that? Watch it. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah,
0: you're right. I better watch. <laughs> 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 I better still. But no, so uh, you know, how do you feel about any of that anyway? I, you know, uh, I mean, you U.S. I, open doors I, a little bit. Now
1: Wimbledon is all you gotta wear all white. You gotta be uniform. Yeah, and there was at Wimbledon there was a, in like '85 there was this uh, white lady who wore a cat suit. And they said she, she couldn't do that anymore. Uh, I, I just because of the reason why she says she w- w- wears it, kind of makes me. I don't know if they knew that when they decided to make this decision. Yeah, it was-
0: they probably just don't. I mean, but again, the cat suit was good for business. You get more eyeballs. I, I, I you Some
1: know, and, but that's a, that's not the reason why you want people watching tennis, though.
0: I understand, but would you rather them yeah. not watch or watch for that reason? You want well, I think I
1: think around the world, I think tennis is is popular enough to. Well,
0: women's tennis spe- is actually better than men. Much more competitive. Exactly, especially kind of the that. French Open. Yeah, but so I, you know,
1: I. But it is kind of funny that the French are the ones who were like censoring. Yeah, you would think like, that
0: they would be open to that kind
1: of thing. Yeah, they usually um, are pretty open to that kind of stuff.
0: Well, it's confirmed. Tiger and Phil will play a ten million dollar, a eighteen holes for ten million dollar winner take all. That's confirmed for Thanksgiving weekend. Will you watch?
1: Probably not. I don't care. I mean, Tiger's been dominating Phil when it really matters. So yeah, but that head just, to
0: head is something to that head,
1: to head. Yeah, but this is just a, a glorified like, uh,
0: This is Ali Frazier 3
1: No, this is I'm, more like Chris <laughs> Everett I mean, uh, Billy and uh, Billy Jean King Billy Jean King and what's the guy's name? The Battle of the Sexes Bobby Riggs Nah, well that, It's I mean, kind of yeah, like that, That's, that. That's what I'm saying It's kind of like that nah. It's kind of like when Shaq and Elijah Wong Was supposed to play each other I And that, that never happened
0: I you, you gonna watch it guaranteed
1: you're gonna take in I, I, I'm not probably 10
0: million dollars wanna take all on the line you're gonna watch
1: 10 million dollars for these guys don't mean I a whole dollars 10
0: million dollars I mean that's, that's not, true it was a million dollars but 10 million dollars yeah they, they're playing hard I only million. reason
1: why I would be interested I would wanna see who the crowd is predominantly going for yeah, I it wanna see field, that it'd
0: be a field crowd I believe Phil's actually is the most, one of the most popular golfers it, he's like he's only won Palmer. five majors I don't even I understand people love lefty man he's a super super popular guy
1: and he's so like rude to be like he's not a fan yeah, he's friendly nice kind of guy. guy and
0: I, you never not understand why people like him so much but he's a lefty i'm a lefty so i you know i guess there's that so who uh,
1: you going for
0: i no doubt well, i didn't know um, left hand bias. you know i'm in the ipa you don't even know what that is yeah Indian i know what it, i'm into my craft beer well, you can go to Atlanta again. We always are complained about the prices of, of beverages and drinks and food and concessions at these games. The Atlanta Falcons are offering $5 craft beer. So well, that's, uh, I think that, oh, that okay. is worth mentioning. For all my beer drinkers out there, really? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, yeah. That's, that's the I mean, I, I'm not. A, I've never been a beer drinker or a nah, big drinker of, of anything. But I mean, yeah. I, this is the the, the mode you want to bring I, up five dollar beers hey, in Atlanta. This
0: is sports entertainment. I'm entertained by the five dollar crab beers. If I ever go to Atlanta football uh,
1: game, okay. Well, good luck. Uh,
0: And uh, tell people about the Justin Verlander million dollar
1: bill. Uh, uh, Justin Verlander went to dinner in L. A. Uh, that
2: was a room service.
1: It was room. No, it was the, he. Was, he was out to dinner. He was out for breakfast with. No, it wasn't room service. He was out to breakfast with a friend of his. I, he's. I forget who the guy was, but he's fairly famous as well. And they were enjoying food or whatever, $42 pancakes, which really, like. There
0: was a $42 salad on there as well. It
1: was, it was, the prices on there were ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, So, but uh, on the bill also was a special charge for being a Dodger killer of $1 million. They wanted to charge him (laughs) $1 $1, million for being a Dodger killer uh, because of what he did to them in the World Series. So I thought that was cool and kind of funny. funny. Yeah, and
0: that's something you could laugh at. And he put it on his social media. So, The world got a chance to see a million dollar lunch bill, a brunch bill, whatever the case may be. Right. Now, I want to go to a portion of a a interview we had with interim athletic director for Texas Southern University, Kevin Granger. He stopped by this morning on the flagship and KTSU Sports Talk and myself, along with the legend, Ralph Cooper and the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen, who, by the way, is Kevin Granger's best friend. Uh, They stopped by. And we talked about all things Texas Southern Athletics. Here is a portion of that conversation. Who you
5: have next to you? No, man, we're this regular old guy, man, it's sitting next <laughs> to us. We have the Interim Athletic Director, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics. That's it. Got it. Got <laughs> it. Boy, that's a long title, man. Kevin Granger.
0: Kevin Granger's in the building. Congratulations, and uh, I will say this, man, that when people find out that, that you, um, first of all, a lot of people around the program knew that it was the natural progression, right. that you would step up and, and continue on the path that Texas Southern's athletic department has been on for since Dr. McClellan's been in. Right. And right. and so, but uh, the, the second thing is that everybody's been really excited about that. Homegrown. You're right. one of our own. Right. So uh, congratulations,
4: first of all. And how does it
0: feel to, to assume the reins?
4: Uh, it feels great, but one thing, all things that we think are natural are supposed to happen, you know, naturally, don't always, don't always <laughs> happen. So I'm extremely thankful to uh, President Lane for having the confidence in me to give me this opportunity to take over for uh, Dr. McClellan. as Dr. McClellan le- leaving uh, the program. I'm extremely excited. I am homegrown. Texas Southern has been in my life ever since 1992. You know, I came as a basketball player here coached here, worked in YSP programs, YEP programs here, uh, used to do landscaping with Mr. <laughs> Roseman, you know, here. So I've had a multitude of um, roles here at Texas Sun. So it was, you know, coming about uh, being on Dr. McClellan's staff for the past 10 years, you know, as an assistant athletic director. So now obviously getting the opportunity to lead the program. It's an humbling feeling.
0: Well, I mean, the, your humility is obvious by the fact that you rolled up your sleeves I mean, because let's be real—you were a basketball star here. You were in the pantheon of the, of the Texas Southern greats. Right, and to to say, hey, I have to roll up my sleeves and and do whatever needs to be done, I think that's a, a big statement about who you are uh, as a man first, and then who you will be as a leader. How do you think that those things have uh, have influenced uh, the way you think
4: you will guide this athletic department? Well, that's that's been my motto my whole life. I mean, I. Always been the guy that wanted to get in, you know, get the job done. You know, as you said, roll up your sleeves. I think you got to learn how to do everything. I think even if you're a top athlete or a top player, you just didn't walk on campus being that top player. I mean, I, it was progressions that I had to go through to obviously reach that um, plateau. And the same thing is with athletics. You don't walk into an athletic program being an athletic director. I had to learn how to do everything, and thanks to Dr. McClellan, he started seeing that me get on that track. He helped me get on that track. He started giving me more duties. He s- said to me about four years ago, he said, you're going to be an athletic director, so let me start giving you more duties, more roles, so you can get familiar with the job. So when the time comes for you to transition into it, It'll be an easy flow for you.
0: Well, he he said it the the other way. He said you came to him and said I'm I'm preparing myself. Which right, we well, And a testament to you, he was like give like this, he took the he came uh, you know Kevin Granger came to me and said I'm I'm going to make this progression. Right, and, right. And, and again, that's been a wonderful, wonderful thing, a wonderful process to know that hey, this is what I want to do. Let me start preparing myself. And you didn't know in the, how far in the future if it would even come to fruition, but to to have faith. That, hey, I'm going to prepare myself for this journey is is really something that you can share with, you know, everybody. I mean, even the student athletes that step on campus. Right, right. To say, hey, you know what, four years from now will look a lot different from today. And
4: this is where it starts. Right, right. right. When I say he, I initially did go to Dr. McClendon and Mm -hmm. tell him I was on it. I wanted to be, you know, that's the track I wanted to be on. But he kind of steered me early on saying, hey, get back in school. You're on the right, campus. Right. You're on the campus every day. Let's get back in school. He, as well as Dr. Covey and Dr. Vasantifer, said, hey, get back in school. Further your education, right. you know. So now, by the time your education meets up with the path you're trying to create for yourself job opportunity-wise, so now you got the education to match the experience, and now it's an easy transition. Because Dr. McClellan used to come to me, uh, came to me about two years ago, and other opportunities, you know, Dr. McClellan is well respected and some other opportunities came about for being the athletic director. He said, Do you want me to put your name in? Cause I think you, you know, you ready to, you know, to do it. And I told him, no, not right now. Let me, you know, we was in the doctoral program starting it and I said, let me go ahead and try to get at least as much as this done as possible before we start going down that pathway and just thankfully everything now just starting to work out. Well, you know, for a long time everybody
0: thought assumed that you would have a, a Robert Moreland like run as head basketball coach and now you get the to, to head the entire athletic department. How does that feel for you?
4: As a alum it feels great. I mean, you know, as you said, I'm my background was basketball, but you know, as You know, I got into the program under Dr. McClellan's staff. I learned how to be not just a basketball person, but a whole entire athletic person. So that meaning you're available and you're learning more about all the sports. And for a person that grew up in the program and had the success we had under, you know, when I was there, and now for you to get the opportunity to head up the program, program that you love dearly, it's an unbelievable feeling.
0: Talk about this guy, Kevin Allen, and how you guys... Uh, because he talks constantly about how you, the, how important your friendship is to him as a person, and, and I know that it's important to him to, to see you succeed.
4: Uh, talk about your, your, your relationship. Oh no question, Kevin Allen is like a brother to me. You know, he's a brother from in Houston. He's we not don't have birth parents mm-hmm. together, but we are brothers. He started on with me a long time ago. You know, as a youngster here in in college, you know. My trip was I can't let anyone outwork me. So, a lot of times, you know, when everybody else was asleep, I would go back to the gym 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Kevin Allen would go with me. Yeah. You know, so he, he's been there with me from day one through this process, even on the basketball court, as well as off the court. So, Kevin Allen and my relationship are, you know, inseparable. Uh, Kev, I know, uh, again, I'll, I'll give you an
0: opportunity because, again, well, you, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame recently, and he he came in. He was really just ex- super excited and over the moon and really, really happy for you. And, yep. and so, Kev, talk a little bit about, uh, I mean, you know him you know better than any of us, so talk a little bit about what what don't we know about uh, about <laughs> Kevin Granger? <laughs>
5: well and not not everything. <laughs> no, well not much of nothing like that, but I mean I'm I'm happy for him and I've I've shared with him how excited I am for him to step into this role and hopefully that it will turn into a permanent role. Uh he has worked hard, he, he bleeds maroon and gray. He really loves the school. So uh sometimes and we've talked about where you brought up the basketball uh situation. We talked about sometimes timing the timing may not have been right. You know, God may have had uh, something else for you and this may be it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, I look, I say, hey, man, instead of being a basketball coach, now you, you you have an opportunity to run the whole athletic department, you know, and which is which is really good. And it does have an opportunity for you to to even grow even further, you know, so. You know, you, you you've kept everything clean. So that that's a good thing. You you work hard and now it's really people didn't know now he's into the doctoral program, he's got his masters and that's man, that's 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 quite an accomplishment. And talking to
0: Athletic Director Kevin Granger. Now, uh, I mean, a lot of things have uh, that you said you learned because you were basketball first guy. Mm-hmm. What what have you learned about how much, like, how many more, uh, you know, sort of uh, responsibilities come with being to, with an entire department? Because we think, you know, most people think football, basketball. Right. But you have to think about cross country, soccer, right. softball, baseball. Talk, I mean, talk about the process of learning about how to really. Manage all of those sports on campus.
4: Well, you have to learn how to how to be diligent about all of your sports. So, as you said, most people on the outside looking in, they just think about basketball and football because that's your more marquee sports. But you still got to focus on the track. You got to make sure those student athletes and the coaching staff are getting all the resources and the necessary things they need to be be successful as well. So. In athletics at Texas Southern, we pay attention to everybody. We're in it for everybody. We're not in it just for the football team, the basketball team. We play just a close, as much attention to the soccer, to the volleyball team, as we do to the football team and the basketball team because a championship at the end of the day is a championship. So we're pushing for all of our teams to be successful, not just the two or three that people, um, you know, the, more the, the most programs that mo, more people are in touch with, and that's football and basketball.
0: Well, coming from Texas Southern, I, obviously you have a unique perspective. Mm-hmm. What do you think, and I, I asked Dr. McClellan this about taking the swag job, from a Texas Southern standpoint, because you know Texas Southern so well, how do you think that prepares you more than, say, an outsider coming in uh to a program like this what do you understand about Texas Southern maybe
4: other people don't understand I think it's not even close I mean when you talk about an uh, outsider coming in they won't they it, it would take them months or not years to get catch up to the to the tradition to the you know the know-whats and the know how's of Texas Southern University I think you got to be in the situation you got to come up through it to really understand it we are a family atmosphere at Texas Southern And when we start to have too many outsiders into the family, then it takes us a time period, you know, for them to get used to our ways. I think with me, you know, we don't have to have that grace or that time period. I think I have a connection with all of the alums because I was one of them. I am one of them as well. And I played for the school. So I think it's a lot easier for me to go into a room with the alums and get everybody on the same page because I think we've had a disconnect over the last few years. Not that we haven't been winning, not that we haven't been graduating student athletes, but we had a disconnect from our alumni base, you know. And so my job now is to, you know, to reconnect that, to build that back up, build the connection with the alumni back up, re-engage the alumni so we can get alumni more alumni attending the game and tending the function at the in the athletic department. How do you go about doing that? Getting out. I have to get out. That's the number one. And not just only me. My coachings have to get out. You know, I had a staff meeting the other day, and I was a little surprised that, you know, I asked the question, how many of the coaches go to the attend alumni functions? And then I was disappointed with the amount of hands that went up in the room. I've explained to them, if you want somebody to support you, you got to go out and build relationships with them. Right. You know, nobody's just going to come to your event and support you if they don't don't have a relationship with you. So I'm challenging my coaches to make sure we start getting out. You have to build relationships in this market if you want to be successful. Now, we can win. We, it's different ways you can measure success. You might say, hey, if you win a championship or you have a winning season, that's success. No, su- success is, too, when the alumni there, when we have the gyms packed, the football games packed, or the baseball, whatever sport you want to name it, when you got those alums that supporting you, that's when we define success as well.
0: Let's go, go back a little bit because I, I do I, – I, I think it's an amazing – story and a life lesson for a lot of people. Uh, You're an example for a lot of people in that. Talk about the young man, what, 17, 18-year-old who first walked onto this campus. Mm -hmm. And and what were were your initial thoughts uh, of coming to Texas Southern? What was was on your mind? Because, again, you're from Mississippi, and you come to the big city, and what was I mean? Getting off the bus, I presume, or the right. plane, wherever you, how have right. you got here? Right,
4: my family brought me. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> <laughs> getting out of the minivan. Right. Right. Uh, t- take us back to that that was first few weeks, so sir, first few days here at Texas Southern University.
4: Well, I when I first got came on the campus and um, at Texas Southern, as you said, my mindset was always focused on. Whoever was the starting point guard, you're not the starting point guard <laughs> any longer. That was my focus. And, and the true story, uh, them, and I asked them to point me out who was the starter the year before, and they, it was Theon Dotson. Uh-huh. And I told them then, I said, well, you would be either you're not starting or you'll be playing number two guard or something like that. And it worked out like that as well. But coming here, you know, it was a adjustment period for me because I'm so close to my family. We're a real tight group, and, to, you know, it was some tough days when they dropped me off and they left, you know, because you're making that adjustment period. But thankfully, I was coming to a group where we had a lot of Mississippi players already on the team. Coach Marlin is from Mississippi. Coach Reynolds was some Miss- from Mississippi. So... Anytime you put two, you know, a few Mississippi people in the room, <laughs> we kind of connect and get along well, we, we, you know, really fast, really fast. So that helped a lot with my transition by the, having those guys on the team who was sophomore freshmen, I mean, sophomore, junior, seniors that are from Mississippi. So it made my transition a whole lot easier. So I just focus on doing what I need to do in the gym, working hard, getting to know the guys and getting better.
6: I want to bring in uh, Ralph Cooper. Good morning. Good morning, and all that great stuff. Uh, I want to go back uh, when you got here. How many people? Where are you from? Scuba, Mississippi. How many people in Scuba, Mississippi? Just about
4: the minutes in this room.
6: When <laughs> <laughs> you got here, I had to in shock also. Right. To be in Third Ward, and to see all of these people.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it's that didn't alarm me as as much. You know, I was always a person who you know got along with. And I still do today. I I pride myself on making sure I'm positive and getting along with everyone. So it didn't shock me by being here in Houston because I was so focused on, you know, doing what I had to do as a student athlete, you know, and I was so focused on that. I didn't see it to be honest, Mr. Cooper, that where I was at, because I was so steadfast and had my focus so on making sure that I, you know, was ready when it came to basketball. You were, you were away from your family for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. You
2: had
6: mm-hmm. Coach Moreland here. Right. Now, talk about him. Well, what type of advice did he give you when you first got here? That
4: well, you remember? He, he immediately pulled me in his office uh, and said, hey, make sure you you know surround yourself with the right people. He said, this university here, you know, with all of the people, as you stated, that attend this university. There's certain traps out there, and if you fall in with the wrong crowd, you fall into those traps. So he told me to just make sure, you know, I align myself with the correct people and stay, you know, just kind of stay true to myself basically. And you, you still
0: know. became friends with Kevin Allen. That's yeah, like still. After all still, that. After that advice, yeah, you still started running with I don't
4: Kevin know Allen. what I was thinking. I tell <laughs> Coach Marlon, nah, I didn't take his advice, I guess, on that. No,
6: and, and, and as you as you look back, I mean, you look back at those early days here at Texas Southern. Uh,
4: relate to how that will help you do what you're about to do now. Well, it's, it's all relatable, uh, Ralph. In the early days, and like I tell people, when I attended Texas Southern, um, I had four or five, six different mamas. You know, every I had mamas that I don't even know what my mama. They come up to me, boy, how you doing today? Yeah. And that's what we got to get back to at Texas. Southern. I think when we had that kind of support from the past, it allowed us to be successful. It allowed you not to fall in some of the pitfalls because there was somebody there to mentor you, to help you out, and things of that nature. Because making that transition coming to a place as Houston, Texas, and if you're a country boy like myself. That is an adjustment, so you need somebody, you know, that you can lean on and kind of give you advice. And that's what we want to make sure we get back to, where those alums are actually, you know, caregivers to the student-athletes so we can make sure that student-athletes don't fall down the wrong path.
0: Um, but, again, going back to, like, so many people are really, really happy to see you in this position. Uh, what do you – how do you account for the happiness in in the TSU community for this move?
4: I think – uh. One thing, you know, when you do things the right way, you know, I think people can gravitate to it and appreciate it. You know, I think I came through Texas Southern, as uh, Kevin Allen alluded to earlier, kept everything clean. Just when I there and worked hard, you know, didn't ask for anything from anybody, you know, that was undue and, you know, just did it the right way. And I think now people can relate to that and then I'm one of their own a homegrown product of Texas Southern so I think we as you know just hearing people talk they're excited that we finally have someone of our own in this position
0: now I know that you we we talk a lot about your success here on campus at Texas mm-hmm. Southern but in addition to that you guys did the 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 Nike Pro Summer League how did, mm-hmm. how did things like that Really, those outside ventures sort of teach you and, 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 and you know on the business end. Because again, we we worry about the scoreboard, the wins and losses. You got to worry, worry about the wins and losses, the academics and the money. Right? How did the the Nike Pro Summer League and all of those things, those experiences, sort of help you when they came along at the time?
4: Well, it helps you in a lot of different ways. It helps you. Number one, it helps you build relationships. You know, now that when we were able to do the Nike Pro City Summer League, thanks to Kenny Smith, it was originally the Kenny Smith Pro-Am. So and me and Kenny has always been super close. So Kenny and Nike came to me this summer when I ran it for Kenny. Then the next summer they came to me and said, Ken was like, why don't you just take it over? And so through Kenny's platform, I was able to take it over and then step into that light. So it, taught, it teaches you that relationships are very important in anything you do. And then it gave us an opportunity, Kevin Allen and myself, to build a relationship with the NBA guys. you know. And once we built that relationship, a lot of those guys right now will lean on and, and have connections with to come back to Texas Southern and do things. At the James Harden game, for example— uh Gerald Green was playing in and I came up to I went up to Gerald Green. He said, I didn't know you were over here at Texas Southern. He said, I start coming back over here some. So those kind of things like that gonna allow us, you know, to hopefully bring some of those tight players back. Cause when I played the game here at Texas Southern, Vernon Maxwell was coming to the games, Kenny Smith, Sam Cassell, Robert Ory, they would sit on the front row. So now, hopefully, through my relationship with a lot of those guys, we can start getting those guys back, too. And then it taught us how to deal with Nike. You know, I had a contract with Nike, and Nike is the biggest shoe climber, you know, on the planet. Mm -hmm. So you got a chance to, too, also to understand, as you said, money, keeping up, doing what you're supposed to do on the contracts. And that's the same thing we have to do in athletics as well.
0: You talked about Kenny Smith. Talk about your relationship with him because, again, what, 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 I saw your All-Star Weekend at the, the pool thing in the background. <laughs> right, and, right, right. And I know, you know, you guys are really close. Talk a little bit about that relationship.
4: Oh, it's a fantastic relationship. Kenny is is my, uh Kobe's uh godfather. You know, so we're that close, you know. I've been, you know, Kenny allows me to run a lot of his things, his events that he do on All-Star. He came down when they did the, um, when we went into the uh, retirement. Kenny Smith came down and was a part of that event and spoke and things of that nature. And Kenny would be one of our supporters at Texas Southern. He has already made a commitment to do things for Texas Southern day one. I mean, it probably was two hours later, you know, as soon as he found out that it was official that I was moving into this role He, you know, made some commitments. And we had other people, too, that made some commitments. We won't share them over there. We'll wait, you know, to announce it. But it's really going to jumpstart our program and really show people that, hey, we're getting buy-in from a lot of people and people that can really help and influence our program and our growth. Now, another
5: thing is that what Kevin was speaking about, some of the guys are coming back with his relationship that he and I speak about sometimes as well, getting the former players from Texas Southern back in the building as well. I think that a few have already reached out to him to come back because I remember when he played when, you know, we would go to the football game of the whole basketball team We'll go to the football games, and when they were playing, the football team was in the building for the basketball games. But those are some of the things that I've shared with him uh, that could possibly happen to get these, uh, get that that crowd back into the building and things like that. But with his connection and and he's that people person, so they kind of kind of bend over backwards to kind of come out and support him. We may be able to see. And he has some other visions uh, to, to lead this program in the right direction. What about, I think you and I shared about some of the things, other avenues, with getting the alums back involved, trying to get them back into into the fold of this thing, that, like you shared, to get them back. You know, like you said, you had a lot of different moms and things of that nature, but maybe putting some things in the pot to help out these programs.
4: I think you, you're asking me to answer the question about the plan for the alums? Right. Okay, okay. We have, as he stated, You know, we have a lot of former players that reach out. But we also are instituting a new policy program that we have for former athletes. Well, we would be, you know, when you attended Texas, no matter what sport you play for, we would actually give you, you have one complimentary ticket that you can actually come to games. No matter what sport you play, we don't do that. We kind of, once our athletes finish, then we kind of just say bye-bye, thank you, and bye-bye. So we wanted to institute that policy as well. The other thing we're doing, as I stated earlier, we're going to make sure coaches get out to the alumni events. That's one of the things that we are missing here, as I said in the the meeting. When I I was there, thoroughly disappointed by by the hands that went up when I asked how many coaches are attending alumni events. I came up through an area where I think it's important that you have the relationship. You know, sometimes it's not about how many games you win or lose. It's about having a relationship because we're winning championships down there in H&P Arena and other arenas. You know, our baseball team winning, softball team winning, bowling. So we have numerous of our programs that are successful, but we are not, you know, connecting to the alumni right because those venues are still not at the capacity when we're talking about alumni support attendance at the games that we think it should be. So we want to get out and, and be aggressive about creating a relationship and making ourselves vigilant, you know, making ourselves visual. We don't do a good job of, at Texas Southern of telling our story. We don't do a good job of that. And you'll see more videos. We're getting ready to put the, a video together that were outlined that, you know, that we have Jimmy Fallon. We was on Jimmy Fallon, and that's millions upon millions of viewers. We was on Jimmy Kimball, and you're talking about another million upon millions of followers or that watch those programs. We just had the James Harden event in our gymnasium. We had the ball event. So we have all of these different things that are going on, but we're not highlighting it. We're not getting it out. So that's what we'll do a better job of.
0: I want to ask you about your your former teammates too. You you he alluded to it a little bit. Talk about the guys that were with you on the court and, and how those relationships are now.
4: Great, great. Me and the guys, you know, tease them all the time. I was like, the one day I play basketball is Saturday morning. With some of my <laughs> former former uh basketball players and I was like, Well you and them and y'all done, y'all done cut that out for me today. He was like, Yeah, <laughs> you can't play today. So they was texting me this morning and were like, Hey, you coming to play? I was like, Nah, I can't make it today. Yeah. So got to be, you know, I got A.D. duties this to do. That's right, what uh, right. Kevin Allen said. You, you're A.D. now, so you got A.D. duties this to do. But we all have a great relationship with each other. Still to this day, a lot of us play basketball, you know, think we still can play. You know, we're slow and things of that nature, but we all get along. Me and Anthony Jones started the doctoral program together. Well, yeah, so we are real close. Kevin Adams is on campus. Theon Dotson is here local. Aaron Warren, and me and him, we talked he and I talk all the time, Mario and Ray. So it's a lot of, of guys Thomas Foster sent me texts. I mean, you think about it, uh, Joe Everett It's so many players that reached out once they found out that we were sitting in this role now.
0: Well, that, that's wonderful. The football game is a week away. Right. And, and, I, and you're a basketball
4: guy, but how excited are you for the start of football season? I'm not necessarily a basketball guy, not Devin. I'm a total <laughs> athletic guy. I had to get that out of me some time ago, you right. know, so he just, so I don't you're not I'm playing favoritism. No, no no, 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 I'm not playing uh favoritism at all any longer. I think <laughs> if you look at uh, our football program, that's where we are still, you know, trying to get it up. I think most of the other programs you can say are competing at a championship level even if they're not winning the championship they're right there mm-hmm. at the championship and I think football is a is a program that we're flocking to now and hopefully that we can get it hoping that we can get it kind of going and I think Saturday will be you know the first step you know to see it I'm I'm excited cuz I I go out there and maybe walk around to the practice service. And it's hard for me because practice don't give you the true picture. You know, you can look great in practice, but you don't know if that's going to carry over to the playing surface when it comes game time. So I just walk around and I don't get too caught up in people saying, no, this guy's amazing, this guy's amazing. Don't even tell me their name. Let me see it on the football field. Show me the results. That's what I'm all about, the results of it. And hopefully... You know, Coach Haywood. He's excited about this year. He's ready. Him, he and his coaching staff, and hopefully, it turned into some wins for us.
0: Now, I know uh, when you talk about uh, getting kids here, what, mm-hmm. what's what's your philosophy generally on recruiting? Because I know sometimes people say, "Well, uh, you know, you, we we have guys from all over. What about some of the local kids?" What's your general philosophy? Because obviously, you came from Mississippi. Right. You were recruited from Mississippi. Right. But Generally, what's your philosophy on on recruiting? kids from the area versus outside
4: of the area my philosophy is give i want the best available athletes (laughs) i mean if they're here fine if they're somewhere else then we have to go somewhere else we want to put together the best talent that we can possibly get on the on the playing surface and whether that's football basketball or anything else i think a lot of people um understand that um there's a lot of talent here in Texas. That's what most people are saying. But sometimes it's not as easy. A lot of times even cuz I've been on the on the coaching aspect of it as well. A lot of the local kids, student athletes are trying to go get out most of them want to go somewhere else so it ain't it's not that easy as people think to you know just sign a lot of local talent but we're we making that a conscious effort I think even with football you can see they're signing quite a few local kids so we're just making that a conscious effort but my motto is let's get the best available athlete because at the end of the day it's about the results on the playing field. What
6: what I want to extend to what you're doing women's sports and uh, what you have this morning, up at Sam Houston State University, for an example, the Texas Southern volleyball team beat up on Bethune-Cookman on yesterday, and today they're playing Drake and uh, Sam Houston State
4: up there. Uh, talk about the uh, women's side of this also. Our women, our women's sports are just as important as our men. I give Dr. McClellan a lot of credit with that. He put more resources, and he started focus more on women's sports than he did on men. That's because of the fact that we know the importance of the female side of the of, of the gender, I mean, uh, playing surface as well. So our women's sports are just as important as our men. We don't show no favoritism and things of that nature. We're going to put the resources in to make sure our women's sports are just as successful as our men. Because at the end of the day, for us, it's about graduating students and winning championships. That's my motto. That's what I go into the coaches meeting. First thing I go in there and say, we straightforward. Our focus have not changed not one bit. It's about this business of graduating student athletes and winning championships. And we expect all of our programs across across the board to be, you know, that's the goal we're shooting for.
0: want to thank Interim Athletic Director Kevin Granger for joining us. Look forward to hearing from him quite a bit in the future and uh, a lot of success heading into the 2018-2019 campaign for those guys. But now it's time for a segment that we call
2: the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you. You big
0: dummy. And Lamont was a what? Big dummy. Lamont was a big dummy. This is a very easy choice. And maybe for the wrong reasons in his <laughs> mind, but it's the right choice. A guy named Curtis Harper. Let's hear exactly what happened with Curtis Harper, uh, courtesy of Fox Sports.
6: It is a heavyweight matchup. I'm going to let you know when that man fights, F.A. Ajagpa, do not blink. He likes to bring an end to opponents in quick
2: fashion, and Curtis Harper j- has walked out of the ring. Wait, what? I cannot believe this. I have this. never seen this before. He walked out he of walked the walked ring. He walked out of the ring. He's not fighting this he guy. He walked He's out of the ring. I've never seen this before in my life. Curtis Harper... Has in the fans here in Minnesota the ring.
6: Are, 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 are really upset right now because... Curtis Harper is on his way to the dressing room and is walking out of the ring. See, forfeited. They forfeited the match. The end comes at one second of the first round for your winner by
2: disqualification and still undefeated, FA the one and only, uh an e- Curtis, yep, you heard it
0: correctly. Curtis Harper... <laughs> When the opening bell rang. Now, he went through warm-up.
1: He went through warm-up. He Worked went through up it a little lather.
0: He had a little swig on. Yeah.
1: And Even the stare-down. He got past the stare-down.
0: Yeah, it was weak stare-down on his part. But I think he was more concerned about it. He knew what he was about to do. So, apparently, he walks out of the ring before the fight ever starts because he felt like he wasn't getting enough money. Well, hey. guess what? You weren't getting enough money before you're not getting any money from now on. Nobody will ever let you fight again. That's a successful way to end your boxing career for all time. I,
1: I don't know if that's no, true. Who's
0: going to pay him to fight again?
1: I think somebody will. You, just for the story to see if he comes out. He's like the runaway bride. You know, it's like she kept getting engaged, but she kept running away.
0: Yeah, you turn into the humiliation. I guess that's a, yeah. you turn into. Yeah, it. you got to see
1: if he's going to run away.
0: But what you've done, and, and I'm not going to say he's a coward. I don't think he was scared. I don't think that you're going to let Oh, I think up. he
1: was definitely scared. I, I, mean, I don't I don't think he think. I was. think he was definitely scared. You don't get up and and decide, like, man, this dude is 6'5". He's been knocking people out.
5: I, now that I it. see the problem,
1: <laughs> now that I see the man, I know I ain't ready. So I, ain't get I, ain't, know, I, ain't, I ain't got enough money for this. <laughs> no, no. I ain't got enough money for this. No,
0: I'll play the different direction. <laughs> I don't think he was scared. But I think that he made a business decision, which was a dumb di- business decision, because again, you're costing yourself a lot of money. I don't know the situation. Destroyed. I don't
1: know if he he he, got, he was a last-minute replacement for somebody else, and they told him, you know, I don't know if he was a Bootney Collins or what. What Boot Nick, What was Bootney's name huh. on? <laughs> Bootney Farnsworth. Bootney Farnsworth. I don't know if he was a Bootney Farnsworth <laughs> kind of situation in the the hypnotism. You w- will win. <laughs> I don't know. You if will the, win. I don't know if the hypnotism At, at worn off. Or or whatever, but he went in there, He saw that big 6'5 African dude. He was not having any problems. He didn't want me nah, not think he was, of it. Scared, but he, he, he was scared. Why um, else would you leave? If you paid yeah. me 10 million, I can take it. I ain't, uh uh-uh. uh, one tried million, to make
0: and whatever. $350 Ugh. and had to give 10% of that to his, or 15% to his management.
1: Nah, I ain't, I ain't taking that. Nah. Why? Would you, if you didn't think you could win and you thought you was going to get beat, would you have left?
0: No. I never, <laughs> I, 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 we used to debate this all the time. Like, Okay, for a couple million dollars, I would fight Mike Tyson. I would. I mean, what's the? You ain't gonna die. You gotta get beat. First of all, I'm gonna get knocked out so quick. I ain't gonna die. It ain't like I'm gonna sustain a bunch of punishment over time.
1: But then like, you, the you humiliated everybody. See you get whooped. Now you talked about 11, 12 year old. What you? Yeah, you got a million dollars, but you okay. you the guy who got knocked out in three seconds. Like okay,
0: if okay, but it was to Mike Tyson. Dude, I mean, that's but that guy ain't Mike Tyson. So I wouldn't have walked. I would have. I would have fought him. I would have fought Tyson.
1: But okay, you would have fought. You would have fought this guy. I would. May or may not have knocked you out within ten seconds, and you didn't fight Mike Tyson. You fought African guy. Nobody really know about. And so you still – you get your money. You get your million or whatever. But you still the guy who's on every sports blog site getting knocked out.
0: Look, man, we've had – me and the fellas had this discussion 30 years ago. First of all, okay, I might get knocked out. But I guarantee you the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to run across the ring and I'm going to swing as hard as I can. (laughs) And if I miss and he catch me – at least I tried.
1: Nah, <laughs> you can't do it. If I get in the ring, I'm fighting. Now that's that's the thing. That. I'm a fight because I got I got I'm just unrealistic with my confidence. So I, I believe. I? So I believe I could win and no matter what.
0: I did say like. Like somebody like Pernell Whitaker, I was in high school. I was like somebody like Pernell Whitaker. He couldn't kick. Him. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> like the dude, a hundred and thirty-five pounds. I know he's a world-class boxer. Now that was my arrogance. Well,
1: I saw er- Edgeron James out in the club one night, and I was telling my friends, like, man, I could tackle him. Like, I could.
0: Oh, tackling? I, yeah, you could yeah, tackle I could, somebody. I could that tackle.
1: They like, man, you crazy? I was, like, man, I could I tackle Edgeron like James. That.
0: Uh, on time uh, when I was – I met with uh, coaches from University of Pittsburgh. They were playing in the Blue Bunny Bowl, and they had a dude, the late, great Ironhead Haywood. I don't know if you remember I him. remember
1: Ironhead. He played with the Saints
0: and Falcons. I the remember but I was 17, 18. I was going into my senior year, and they brought us in and talked to him at the at the Astrodome while they were working out, and he walked up and shook my hand. And I'm like, this is a grown man. And like, <laughs> what? how do I even approach hitting this dude – that was like, I'm like, man, that was one guy. I'm like, I don't know, but that was, you know, I was Right.
1: Yeah, but, right. But yeah, no, I, remember, no. I remember seeing like Keyshawn Johnson, like, you know, 6'5. Oh, yeah. well, my best big.
0: friend yeah, played in the NFL. Yeah, but he wasn't, then, yeah.
1: yeah, but he was skinny. Keyshawn Johnson was like a man. Yeah, and then nah, you see all those nah, big nah, six, nah. eight, six, nine defensive tackles, yeah, I man. Could them.
0: I could check, I mean, in, you know, in my mind, in my prime, I would check those. That done work. But the fighting we had this argument in barbershops years ago about fighting Mike Tyson. 'Cause Keith Whitley said I could beat Mike. He said I'm telling you I could whoop him. I know <laughs> I know I can. He 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 said that. And you know what, you don't remember this, but we had a friend in our neighborhood, Andre McCall. I remember Andre McCall. He, he fought, was boxing. uh Burt Cooper. Remember smoking Burt Cooper? Baby. And uh he fought a good fight. Burt got him, no. I mean, I mean, what you going to say? You 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 know, yeah. at least you went in there. You you
1: you you threw some punches. And that's all hell. you can say. That's how you it's can say. See, hell. that's what I'm saying. You go in and you fight this 6'5", dude, you get whooped. You, you still got to go home. You still got to face your friends, nah, your was, family, your girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? You you got to buy her extra now so she don't talk. You know how women can get. They just, You know, y'all arguing, like, yeah, but you, you try to talk to me crazy, but you ain't going to talk to that dude that hit you and knocked you out in 10 seconds. Well, like, you know, yeah, that's think, what you got to deal with. I would
0: imagine that that would be an off limits discussion for all spouses and no, bosses. I'm, I'm not saying it never happened, but for in, anyway, he ran, he will never. Probably box again. And for that reason, he is a big big dummy. dummy. You big dummy. Now it's time for birthdays. We got Kobe Bryant. Okay. And that's it. Kobe Kobe
1: Bryant said that that, that his diehard fans will warm up to LeBron and he's never coming back to basketball. and you, did you you hear about this big three? Um, Championship was last night. Right, but everybody's saying, you know, some stupid reporter asked. asked Could Kobe make it in the big, big three? three. Yeah, because yeah, it's so physical. Like, yeah, Stephen Jackson on. was
0: like, man, what are you asking? <laughs> yeah. He was actually really polite about it because it was a ridiculous question. So, but happy birthday to Kobe. Who else? Anybody else? A couple other birthdays. Dave Chappelle had a birthday. I okay. about Dave Chappelle? I, I'm sure there's some other sports birthdays that we missed out on, but we'll catch them next year. Yeah. And also a big, big, big happy birthday to our Uncle George August Wade. August Wade. It's, it's just August Wade. Just August Wade. It's just August Wade. Uh, on the 19th, uh, August 19th was his birthday. It celebrated
1: so. on the 18th for 40 years.
0: Yeah, more than that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what well, hey, he had the wrong birthday for over 40 years.
0: Yeah, well, hey. It simpler like times,
1: simpler times. You know what
0: happened when the courthouse burned burned down. <laughs> you depended on somebody to tell you when your birthday was, or
1: when the when the census people come.
0: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> So You had to depend on that. But happy 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 birthday, Uncle August. So glad that he was in studio with us this time, hanging out, hanging out with with the fellas like the old. Got time. him got
1: him singing, telling poems.
0: Yeah, got his poetry, got I'm it telling, all. He's real. I'm telling you, there it is. The world ain't ready. Hey, Wait, I'm gonna get him out there though. I'm gonna, tell, I'm gonna post of this stuff. There you go. Yeah. Happy
1: birthday, Uncle Harvey. Right on.
0: Brother. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. everybody sing with me now. Happy
1: birthday. Happy birthday.
0: Just for the birthday,
2: Happy people. Birthday. Happy, birthday. Happy birthday.
7: everybody.
0: With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank uh, the interim athletic director, Kevin Granger, for joining us. I also want to remind you guys, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, what else from you?
1: Uh, Just have a – again, guys, just keep sharing the show. Uh, we appreciate the love. We appreciate the feedback. Uh, we're growing every day. Uh, just keep continue to share, continue to, to like and subscribe and, and to comment.
0: And, by the way, if you want to join my fantasy league, the draft will be on the twenty. It will be on, no, no, it'll be on September 2nd, right? Is that Sunday? I think so. September 2nd, that's when they, next my Sunday. fantasy draft. Next Sunday. So if you are you want to be in my fantasy league, hit me up on uh, Twitter at Wade's Word or hit me up on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page or the fan page. Let me know, we'll get you in the league. You won't win anything, but uh, bragging rights. bragging rights on the flagship KTSU. Want to thank you guys so much, and as always, have a great
6: day.
7: Damn,
6: DJ I go by the name of Drummer Bo, aka D Boy press and right now with the DJ who plays all of his Chicago's on DJ Malone.
7: Keep me with your demo lid.
2: Service swerving on the highway and I'm doing about it. I can see no haters
7: talking, but they do not face it. So I done got it out the mood. That's it, they make it made me. That's it, they made it. I done got it out the mood. That's it, they made it, That's
2: that, they that made they made me. I done got it out the mood, they make it. It made me I done ate up out that mud and it taste like gravy All I try to do is flip the floor into a baby All I wanna do is flip the floor to feed my babies See I know he watching and they hate me Cause I came from nothing Now this kid and made it See me pulling in the projects and annihilated me creeping with your demo lit service,
7: on highway, and I'm I can see talking, but they do not face. I did got it the I got it
2: the I got it the I go by.